0: Yo guys, welcome back to Meme Lord Monday. I'm your host, Matt Matias. And on this show, I like to talk about life and theology for people who grew up in the church. For those of you who are longtime listeners, I'm sure you can tell by now I haven't been as consistent as I have been for the past few weeks. Uh, Normally, I would post these episodes on Monday, but I've kind of been slacking on and posting either like Tuesdays or Wednesdays or even Thursdays like I'm doing today. And that's basically because there's a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff that I'm working on that I can't talk about quite yet, but it should be great news once I'm able to talk about it. Uh, but yeah, just I'm going to apologize ahead of time for the consistency of publishing this podcast. It's probably going to be like that maybe to like the beginning of the year. But anyways, uh, for those of you who are just sticking with me, I really love you. I really appreciate you. And this episode, I'm going to be talking about why Christians just aren't sensitive I don't know why, why we just don't care about offending people when we should. And I get into it. Ali Beth Stuckey responded to one of my responses I did to her. And I talk about why I am so passionate about caring for the LGBTQ community. So I hope you stick around. Thank you so much for listening. Here's the episode. Monday. What's up y'all? I got the new setup. I'm going to be streaming here on YouTube and Instagram like I've been traditionally doing. And I got I'm working on my lighting. Like I'm trying not to be super shadowy, but I'm also trying to look more professional. Um but yeah, anyways, it's Meme Lord Monday. I'm it's your boy Matt Matthias, your Meme Lord for the Lord, and I make goofy Christian memes. I like to laugh and think and make content for people who grew up in the church. Uh so welcome. Today I'm going to be talking about manners. And whether or not Christians truly understand the concept of manners, uh, I want to hear what you guys have to say about it. And yeah, it's Meme Lord Monday. We do this every Monday and I like to goof off with you guys and react to things. Um, I can't wait to announce some big news that just happened. I can't say anything just quite yet, but I will be able to say some stuff hopefully soon. And uh, I can't wait to let you guys know about, about the big announcement I'm about to make. Um, it's going to be dope, but I'm not even going to get there. Meme Lord for the Lord. You got it. I'm not even, even going to do it. I hate manners. <laughs> Somebody said I hate manners. Anyways. Yeah. I mean, one of the reasons I wanted to talk about this is because I find, I find that Christians, at least in America where I live and how I grew up as a Christian, I feel as though the landscape of what manners are is not like fully grasped. And I feel as though some Christians feel as though they're they're entitled to not have manners. Um, and, and I think this is something that is worth talking about because it is a complex issue. And, and there's a lot of different ways we can go about it. Because I did a bunch of polls on Instagram and most people were like, yeah, have manners, of course. and But there were some people that were like, no, you don't have to. There was, you know, the majority of people were like, bro, have manners. But then there was like 15% at one point that was like, you don't, you don't have to have manners. You don't got to do that. And uh, I don't know if that's the silent majority or if it's the loud minority. Does that make sense? Because uh, I feel as though this is something worth talking about. And what made me want to talk about this is something I'm about to react to. Uh, it was a post by uh, somebody on Instagram. I, I wish I got their handle. And my bad bro, if, um, man, my, my beard is crazy right now. <laughs> my bad bro, if I'm like calling you out or something like this. But I, I feel as this, this is what sparked it for me because I'm on, I'm there. I'm on the internet a billion hours a day. I mean, y'all know this. This is the prerequisite. This is the number one prerequisite for being a meme lord is being on the internet at least 87 hours a day. I mean, you can't be a meme lord if you're not on the internet 300 hours a day. So, like, let's get that out of the way. I see your stuff on the internet and sometimes I react to it. Sometimes, I, you know, I have a reaction. And this is one of the th- times that I had one of those. Um, I don't think I commented or liked it, but I'll show it to you guys right here. Let's check it out right here. I, and I couldn't, pl- I can't play the audio. So first slide says, don't comfort an unbeliever to hell. Okay. Um, Rather offend him to heaven was the second slide. And then the last slide. Hey, what's up, Exploring Reality? Welcome. Y'all go follow him. If I announce... And then they quoted from Ezekiel chapter 33, verse 8. If I announce that some wicked people are sure to die and you fail to tell them to change their ways, then they will die in their sins and I will hold you responsible for their deaths. And so that's basically the thrust of their argument is basically offend people so that they'll go to heaven. Offend people with the gospel. And like I said, a lot of people will take this at face value and they'll be like, well, sure. The gospel can be offensive. Jesus was offensive. The prophets were offensive. And they'll use that as like, (laughs) like as a justifier for how they treat people. Um, oh yeah. Good comment. Clark. Uh, I mean, Connor first comment. First slide basically was like, don't comfort people to hell. I get it. Um, I get that offend people to heaven. I don't get that. (laughs) I don't get that offend people to heaven. I mean, yeah, like this can go a lot of different ways. I, and I understand what they're trying to say. And in certain, maybe certain contexts, I might even agree with them, but like as, as like an overall mindset and worldview, I think it's corny, bro. And it's like, Probably bad <laughs> for the most part. Probably, probably a goofy argument. Probably don't want to live your life this way if you're claiming to be a Christian. That's just my intuition. But let's get into it, man. I want to. I want to like exegete this because I feel like I said I feel as though this is what a lot of people base how they treat people. Like they, they treat people a certain way so that they can get the the uh, the result of salvation, I guess, from them. The desired result of. I'm going to tell you the way it is so that you'll get to heaven. If I don't, if I don't offend you, brother, uh, that means I hate you. You know what I'm saying? You ever heard that? Or you got the ever present argument that goes, well, you don't, you don't talk kindly to people that are in the middle of traffic. You heard that one? If somebody's in the middle of traffic, I'm not going to say, oh, help, uh, please, uh, don't. I'm going to talk violently to them. I'm not going to be gentle. Those are two, these are common arguments that I hear people use. But first, let's go to the Bible because this guy used the Bible in his post uh, to rationalize uh, how to treat people. And let me just get to that real quick. Ezekiel 33, 8. It says, if I'll read it again, if I announce this, uh, that some people... Oh my goodness! If I announce that some wicked people are sure to die, and you fail to tell them to change their ways, they will die in their sins, and I will hold you responsible for their deaths. So basically, yeah, that's based. I'll give it. I'll give them that. You get a based card. You get a, you get a based token. I guess. Giga Chad, based. You get all of that. But I mean, you can't you can't read the Bible like this, bro. You can't just take one verse out of the entire Bible. And then base your entire worldview as like like your behaviors off of this one verse, like how you because there's other verses that talk about how we need to be respectful and gentle and kind and have self control. Like if anything, like I mentioned last week, those are those are actual fruits of the spirit. Like those are actual indicators of Christianity. So let me do this. Man, I wish I would have planned this better. Of course, your boy's a mess. But um, Ezekiel thirty three. I should have had this up. Ezekiel. The internet is more accessible than it's ever been. And with that has come an absolute pandemic of people addicted to pornography. This addiction statistically is affecting Christians and non Christians alike. It's a problem. Porn is a human problem, but Covenant Eyes provides a human solution. Covenant Eyes helps you and the ones you love live porn-free through transformative accountability relationships. With Covenant Eyes, you choose someone that you know and trust to walk with you as your ally and to hold you accountable for your online behavior. Me and my friends use it, and I've seen it firsthand break the bonds of addiction in people's lives. This stuff works. So basically what you do is you download the Covenant Eyes app. It tracks the activity on your devices. And your friend who's your ally gets a victory app which shares your activity feed right to their phone. You and your ally will be able to celebrate victories together and have honest and caring conversations about your successes, setbacks, and triggers. Nothing works better than this. If you struggle with pornography addiction online and you're ready to see some victory in your life, download Covenant Eyes and use promo code MONDAY for 30 days free. Try it out. I've gotten so many success stories from this app, and that's why I'm so happy that they've chosen to sponsor Meme Lord Monday. Again, that's Covenant Eyes. Use the link in the show notes of this episode, and use promo code MONDAY for 30 days free. Victory over addiction has never been easier. 33. Maybe I can bring it up on the screen for you guys. Here, Ezekiel 33. Uh, 1 through 33. Um, So that was verse 8. So the context of it is like one through eight. Uh one through nine, sorry. What's the context? E- e- Ezekiel is Israel's watchman. I don't want to read this whole thing. Like y'all can read it yourself. But basically, without even getting into it, um, this is this seems like context seems as though uh dude the word said to me so no man speak and people do I'm just gonna scan it real quick. I'm gonna do have you ever seen that that uh that video that indian dude or or there's like a video there's a video of an indian dude and there's a video of african dude they're like i am the world's fastest reader and they're like and they're totally lying (laughs) totally lying um anyways yeah i'm gonna try and do that real quick um if the watchman sees a sword coming and does not blow the trumpet so the people we warned the sword comes and it takes uh any uh, any one of them that person is taken away and his iniquity his blood will require So you, son of man. So who is he talking to? So you, son of man, I have made a watchman in the house of Israel. So the context he's addressing, I believe, Ezekiel. I mean, somebody correct me if I'm wrong there. And he's talking about being the watchman for the house of Israel. You have to remember this, is the Old Testament and the context surrounding here may literally be like wartime. And it may literally be God speaking to his prophet and saying, you, I'm telling you, you need to tell these people this because my judgment is going to come down upon them. Whenever you hear a word from my mouth, I shall give you, I shall give them a warning from me. If I say to the wicked, O wicked one, you shall surely die, and you do not speak to warn the wicked and turn away, that wicked person shall die in his iniquity, but his blood will require at your hand. Basically, he's saying you're going to be responsible if you don't tell them what I tell you to say. Um, and this seems like a very specific instance. To in my opinion, to the context of Ezekiel, it sounds like God is saying, I'm telling you to tell them this. And if you don't tell them this, you're not not only are you going to be in disobedience to me, but I will hold you responsible for their uh, for them being put to death, I guess. But if you warn them and remember, the Bible has a lot of if thens. So and here's the then uh, or the another if. But if you warn the wicked to turn from his way. And he does not turn from his way um, that person shall die in his iniquity. So basically saying the culpability of them knowing what they did wrong and getting the warning it's going to be their fault rather than yours. but you will have uh, delivered your own soul. And then the next couple of verses it says, why will you die Israel? And you son of Man, say to the house of Israel, Th- uh, thus have you said, surely your righteousness, uh, I mean surely your transgressions and our sins are upon us. And we rot away because of them. How then can we live? Micah says, it doesn't say anything about offending people to heaven. It's, If anything, it seems more to me, seems more logical to me that God is literally telling Ezekiel, tell these people this thing or I'm going to wipe them out. And if you disobey me, I'm going to hold you responsible for disobeying me. That's what that sounds like. But some people take that context, the Ezekiel uh, 33 context, and they'll they'll say, um, well, God's going to hold me responsible. For for not sharing something that would save them, they'll use the same scenario. They'll apply the same scenario that's in Ezekiel, the same context, the same scenario, and they'll apply it to, um, say, talking to somebody about their faith, saying, you know, I, I need to share my faith with you because you're risking going to hell. Basically, I, I know that's what they're thinking, but I'm not sure that's the way we should treat people. And here's why. I get it. Like, I get the rationalization. I get that talking to people and sharing the gospel with people is because you're trying to show uh, concern and love for them. However, I believe that God has given us free will. I mean, you guys know I'm a Calvinist, but I still believe in free will. And so if God has given us autonomy and free will, how much more should we respect the free will and autonomy of other people? You know what I'm saying? Because at a certain point, if you're sharing your own perspectives, uh, and you don't necessarily care for that the the perspective of the person you're sharing your perspective with, you're not respecting their autonomy and free will. Um, so you can so all all that to say is, if you don't share what you believe with tact, love, grace, and respect, you're offending just to offend. That's that's my argument. I understand the outlook and I understand the perspective. I understand. But if you're just offending to offend and you're like at at the end of the day what's happening? If you if you offend somebody for the gospel, if you're like you need to become a Christian because you're about to burn in hell for your actions. You're like for instance, you'll see this maybe in family reunions or you'll or you'll even see this in church where somebody gets discovered like they're living with their boyfriend or girlfriend or whatever, uh before marriage and they're sleeping around or whatever. And it might be a good idea to tell them you know, if they claim to be a Christian, it might be a good idea to be like, "Hey, guys, um, this isn't Christian behavior." It might be a good, you know, it might be a good idea to do that, but it might not be a good idea to do that um, if that person does not claim to be a Christian. I don't think because they, first of all, they're not holding themselves to your standards. Um, they might be living unwisely or, or sinfully in your eyes, but if they're not a Christian, don't. I mean, don't force. Don't, you don't tell them what to do. <laughs> Stop forcing. Um, uh, you know what their choices? I, I mean, that's what I believe. And like I said, I'm a dumb meme lord. I, I, I don't. I'm not going to position myself in in a place that's like this is how we need to be. I'm open. I'm open to correction on this, and I'm open to other perspectives on this. Uh, because this can be a very subjective thing, and that's the thing. Being offended is also subjective, because I can say something to uh, Michael Schaefer, uh, my buddy Michael Schaefer, that I could never say to. You know, somebody I met on the street because Michael Shaver is like my brother and and he knows when I'm actually being offensive and because I know what offends him. Uh, I don't always know what offends other people. And and so, you know, there's 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 a delicate balance there. There is a subjective nature to this. Um, Anyways, let me catch up on some of these comments. What do you guys think? What do you think about this? Lily says, yeah. And then there's that verse pearls before swine. Uh, Like, don't shout at people who aren't listening. Hmm. You can't force, um, someone to believe if they don't want to believe. I agree. Uh, what are you guys saying over here in Instagrams? Okay. What would one say about John calling, uh, the Pharisees vipers? John called the Pharisees vipers? I think Jesus called the Pharisees vipers. Um, and I think, you know, same thing. Here's here's the. I'll, I'll use the same scenario I used with me and Michael. So Michael said, "My Michael Shaver is like my best friend. He's my brother, and I can talk to him in a way that I can't talk to other people." The Pharisees, um, they claim to be religious. They claim to be within, uh, the the scope of God's people, and Jesus was talking directly to them and offending them because they were, uh, they were claiming to be Christians, um, and they were in the wrong. So. I think there is a context where we need to be very very bold and even brash when it comes to like I am very I feel as though I'm very bold and brash when it comes to correcting Christians because <laughs> I feel comfortable correcting Christians because I speak the same language. Um and I I critique and I make satire uh, about Christian content because I want it, I want to see it get better. I don't want to see Christianity misrepresented mis- misrepresented. I don't want to see Jesus misrepresented. I don't want atheists telling me Christians are rude and don't care about consent and don't care about who I am as a person, that shouldn't even be a thing. Like that is an object, objectively wrong accusation for any Christians to have. Um, If it is true, if it's not true and the, and the atheist is offending themselves, there's nothing you can do about that. But if if a lot of atheists are saying something and it's objectively true, like you're being purposefully offensive, that's bad. We need to do better. And that's what I'm doing. I'm trying to uh, offend Christians and to stop being offensive. Does that make sense? I know it's a weird little circular logic there. But let me see what you guys are saying. I want to catch up. Yo, us Calvinists who believe that human will exists are rare, but we do exist. Yeah. Connor. The people of Israel are God's firstborn. So yeah, Jesus Christ can be bold. Yeah, that's what I was... I think if anybody you could talk to people within your family a different way than you can talk to people that are outside of your family. If anything scripture says, um, let me see here. I want to see if I can get this on my screen. Can I do that? Uh, okay. Colossians four, five says walk in wisdom towards outsiders, make the best use of the time. Um, yeah. And the context is basically like actual instructions. Cause I just said earlier, you don't read a, a verse at a time. So, I just want to listen to my own advice and say uh, this is the, within the context of being instructed as Christians. Continue steadfastly in prayer, being watchful with thanksgiving. At the same time, pray also for us that God may open the door of the world. Here's the thing pray for us that God may open to us a door for the word to declare the mystery of Christ on account of which I am in prison, that I may make it clear which is how I ought to speak. Walk in wisdom towards outsiders. Use the best, making the best use of your time. Let your speech always be gracious, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how you ought to answer each person. So I love that. I love it. That's the Bible. Everybody likes to say, well, Christians are are jerks. Christians are hypocrites. Don't give them a reason to say that. You know what I mean? Don't give them any excuse to, to be like, we'll see there's something called confirmation bias i think it's called where it's like people are expecting something and it happens uh um i could be using that way wrong <laughs> but you know what i'm saying like don't fall into their trap that they're they're expecting you to be a jerk if anything i think we should be more gracious to people that claim that we are hypocritical and mean and evil and i, I like the current landscape in, in america christians have lost the battleground on a lot of areas because we have l- legit been jerks. Um, I think because I've seen it. I've seen TikToks. I've seen videos. Seen content creators be offensive on purpose because they feel as though they're doing the right thing. And so all the atheist has to do is just react to it and see and and, and be like, hey, you know, see, just like I just like I said, and they in those certain cases can claim moral superiority. And it's like, what are you going to do to argue against that? If they're right, you know, uh, okay. I want to read some more of your comments. I think there are rare occasions where people need to, sh- uh, a shock to their hardened hearts and offensive words are helpful, but it is super rare. And <clears throat> here's what I will agree. The one of like I said, I will come off as offensive towards people that I'm close to. Um, I might be more bold towards people that I'm close to. And that's why I feel as though, you know, our our relationship with the people that we're speaking to needs to come first. Uh, If you don't have the relationship built with that person, then you don't really have ground to speak with them in a way that's offensive. You know, I have friends who are atheists that I've told them straight up. I'm like, bro, you just don't like the arguments. You just, it's not that... You can find ways to disprove them. You just don't like them. I've talked to them straight up like that, which some might say, well, that's offensive. But they know me. They know my heart and they know that, uh, you know, I would would die for them. They know that I would spend the time of day listening to them. And I'm not trying to put myself on a pedestal or be like self-congratulatory here. But I, I think that there is a lot of substance to the offense when there is the relationship to back it up. There's another video on TikTok where I saw a Christian make a post on TikTok that was like uh, somebody like the ta- caption. first caption said, don't pray for me. And then the second caption is the guy, guy was like, praise for them anyway. And then an atheist uh, reacted to that video, like stitched it or whatever. And he's like, see, Christians don't really care about your consent. You know, and this is he said, this is embarrassing. If you're going to post about how much you don't care about people's consent. Uh, it, it, I don't want to believe in your religion that doesn't care about consent is basically what his arg- argument was. And I understand both sides. As a Christian, if somebody says don't pray for me, I probably still got to pray for them. <laughs> but to like post about it in a braggadocious way, like I'm still praying for you, that that's not helping anyone. You know what I'm saying? Like the tone is not quite there. and And it's going to be perceived by atheists as though you don't care about them. Does that make sense? I hope that makes sense cuz it's like yeah, you're acting in in a righteous way and a loving way. But when you say it like that. <laughs> when you say it like that and when you put it like that, it's just not cool, bro. Think about like be more self-aware about how unbelievers are going to view your content. Um and how they might perceive Christianity as a whole. In, in my opinion, that's that's the way that I think we should be creating. Um, if it, and that's the thing, I think a lot of Christians create content for Christians, like myself included. I, but I'm trying my best to be more self aware, so that if I create something, like, and and it's people that aren't within my niche, they're gonna be like, "What the heck," you know. <laughs> but I, they might be like that, but I don't want them to to feel as though Christians are are jerks, and, and I don't want them to feel as though christians are generally arrogant i don't want that you have to level you know you have to have the level of relationship with your target audience that's good i like the way you put that i mean it's hard on the internet because it's like you you only have like two to ten seconds to really win somebody over and if all of those seconds are about justifying your own beliefs and not caring about other people's beliefs that's where i feel like we get into L territory, you know what I mean. That's when we start getting L's. Uh, yeah, and also, like Brandy says, be also be willing to apologize if you hurt someone unnecessarily. Here's the thing, okay? Last week, I did a re- I did a reaction video to Ali Beth Stucky and uh, a video that she was addressing a trans woman. Um, and she and I posted that reaction that I did here on on the the stream, and she actually responded. So okay, I'm not gonna go through the video again. I'll just summarize it basically, I made a video responding to Ali Beth Stuckey, who is a Christian conservative commentator I guess if I want to be fair, maybe that's what she is maybe that's not um was, she was addressing like basically how how there's a there's a general there's a oh my goodness <laughs> I don't know how to do this. Okay, so the transsexual woman um was saying she can't be wait to be a mom. Ali Beth said, you're never gonna be a mom because you're actually a man um and I said in the video hey we're 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 on the same page, Ali. I agree with you, however, you're being offensive <laughs> yeah. basically in a nutshell, that's what happened. Ali said, "I'm sorry, but this is silly. I addressed this here. Uh, I addressed this in my opinion, in my opinion, a logical talking point in the full episode, and this clip is from. Um, Dylan can't be a mother, not because he's infertile, but because he's uh, not a woman. Okay, the, one of the talking points I had was basically, Ali Beth was was saying, you can't and she was going into like explicit detail. As to the experience that, uh, and I'm not sure if this trans woman goes by Dylan, but we'll refer to uh, them as Dylan. She went into graphic detail saying, the child that you will have will not be your child. This child will never know the warm embrace that they will have, the innate feeling that they will have for their actual biological mother. Um, This child will go into the arms of a stranger. These are her words. And I was like, Ali, you are literally describing the lived experience of an adoptive parent. Do you think that's something that they want to be like? They, that's something that they want to be charged with. And my like, my objection seems to be lost on her because she says, Dylan can't be a mother, not because he's infertile, but because he's not a woman. At the very beginning of the video, I said. I understand that. I agree. If I, I'm conservative. like I know she's conservative. I know she's a Calvinist. I'm a Calvinist. We agree like 99% of, 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 as far as our worldviews are concerned. I'm unaffirming. Um, she's unaffirming. And, and we both agree that biological men cannot have babies. We both agree there. My point is the way that she was addressing the topic implicates people the same way it would an adoptive parent or somebody who is infertile that would need to go through the same process that somebody who can't have children. It's like you're addressing multiple parties. You're not just addressing a transsexual woman or trans woman. I'm not even sure if I'm using the correct terms. You're, you're addressing people who have the same lived experience as somebody who would who can't have a child, which is a huge population. I worked as an adoption and foster care agent, and I know people who are just begging to have a child, and they can't. They're doing everything they can They're spending thousands of dollars to have a child, but they can't. And and she's literally condemning this practice. I understand, too, that she would object to somebody who is a, a trans woman having a child, like adopting a child. I understand why she would object to that, too. But that's not my argument. That's not my point. I'm objecting the way, the tact, the procedure, the approach that she's using when attacking argument that that is being presented here. That a a biological male is trying to be a mother. And and the way that it's being addressed is, I think, uh, very insensitive and very short-sighted. And that's what I said. Um, So I'll I'll continue with what she was saying. Women who adopt can be mothers because they are women. Yeah i agree and that's not that was not what i was talking about not complicated at all yeah and like i said she missed the the whole point (laughs) missed the whole point of the video and i get it like your boy's dyslexic like crazy i've just accepted the fact that I, i i really am not good at reading your boy don't read good and sometimes i misread things um but I, I feel as though I laid out my argument fairly clearly and she didn't quite seem to get it. Also, addressing some of the other comments here. Yes, I am against commercial surrogacy for both gay and straight couples. I have four episodes detailing why. Again, not even what I was addressing. Um, so, yeah, it was really interesting. I had a run in with Ali. We actually took it to the DMs and uh, spoke with her a little bit. I said, hey, I would love to talk with you about this. And um, she declined, which is fine. You know, she's huge. And I'm, your boy's just a little rent, little meme lord, just a little, little baby, little meme lord. And so I get it, but it just stinks. Because and here's the thing: I didn't even address the fact, and I didn't want to get into this, but I'm getting into it because you guys said you gave me authorization to do it. I didn't even address the fact that she was basically dehumanizing this person. Yes, this person is a, is a biological male. Yes. Yes, this person is identifying as a woman, but she is so fixated on correcting her worldview um, that she is basically like saying, you're not a woman, you're a man. Like, completely screaming past uh, any opportunities. And that's what scripture, like with the scripture we just read earlier. We want to be wise in the way we treat outsiders. And if somebody doesn't agree with us, like maybe... Maybe this uh, trans woman claims to be a Christian. I don't know. But like, I think we should be more tactful in the way we approach the community. And I've I've done a lot of stuff on this. I'm not going to repeat stuff I've already said. Um, what do you guys think? I'm rambling. Evan says, this is an example of not knowing your relationship uh, with your target audience. And that's a, that's a really great point, Evan. Like part of developing a relationship is knowing where your relationship already is. Christians... And like modern Christians in America and our relationship with the LGBTQ community, it's not good right now. I mean, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to see that. If your intuition doesn't tell you that right now, uh, that we don't have a good relationship with this community, then I mean, I don't know what else to tell you because it's just it's just not good right now. So with that knowledge, what can we do to repair this relationship? That's basically it. Um, like I said, I, I, shared probably more than I wanted to, I just, I wanted to talk about Christians who are, are quick to offend when they probably shouldn't be. And, uh, I mean, I fall, I've fallen into this category myself. I've been super offensive for Christ as well, growing up. Um, I should probably bring this up too. Oh man. I don't know if I should bring this up, but I'm, I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to do it. So, um, just like a personal note, one of the reasons why I have like a more of a tender heart towards the LGBTq community if that if that wasn't already clear I hope it is but I do I have an existing like I have a bleeding heart for the LGBTQ community um be because I like I was a youth pastor and a lot of my students came out um as within the community a lot of them within that within the area that I, I was a youth pastor in and so it made me like really do a double take on how I interact with that group because I, I want to love them and I want to be, I want to show the love of Christ towards them and I want to do it wisely. That's my personal conviction. Another reason is, and this is more of like a really, really uh, old story, but like when I was in youth group as a young boy, there was a kid in our youth group who um, like this, we're talking, phew, man, like, <laughs> 1998, maybe even earlier than that. Uh, there was a kid in, in the youth group that I, that was in the same youth group as I was that he carried around a purse. And he was a lot more effeminate than the other guys in the youth group. And I was a jerk to him. I was straight up uh, just a beast. Just trolled him, made fun of him very very unkind like i would hide his purse and i would like stick uh like glue in there or something you know i would put things in there that would mess up everything he had in there or i would steal the things in his purse and like that was me expressing myself as a young kid as somebody who was uncomfortable with uh somebody who expressed themselves that way and it was wrong it was absolutely wrong i later found out uh that once this person grew up and they came out I believe they even transitioned. Um, they said they hated Christians because of the way that they were treated in youth groups. And I know that was me. 100%. And so that's been like a knife in my heart for this community um, ever since. Ever since I found that out. And I want to do better now that I have the opportunity. And when I hear the LGBTQ community crying out, and accusing christians of being hurtful and hateful man that hurts me because of what i did you know and how i treated people in my youth like i was a dumb kid but to know that i was the reason that somebody hates christians or hates jesus that's always going to be in my heart and that's always going to hurt um and i just i i want you know i guess this is kind of me trying to rebuild um but yeah i I want to still maintain my convictions of course but i want to i don't want what i did to ever happen again i don't want to be the reason that somebody hates christ or hates christianity or hates the church Uh, because i was i was the reason and i don't want to be that dude anymore um yeah it it hurts and you know that's that's one of the reasons why i do what i do too because i don't want you to be that person either I don't want you to be the reason that somebody hates the church. And I don't want people, I don't want you to, I don't want you to hear what I heard. You know what I mean? To hear those words, uh, especially when you love the church and you love God, man, that's like, I don't even know how to compare it. Like, you know, how I, if somebody were to tell me I was the reason that they hate somebody that I love, I don't know, man. I don't want to, I just, I don't ever want to experience that. I don't want anyone else to experience that. So that's one of the reasons I do what I do. Um, so there you go. Ended it on a sobering note, but I feel like I feel like you guys should know, like, you know, why I do what I do and why I'm so passionate about it. Because that it's in there. It's in my like, uh, it's a it's a wound that I know will not go away, and I and I don't want it to. I want it to remind me that um i can still mess up and i can still offend um and i don't want you to i don't want you to experience what i've experienced anyways i'm just repeating myself at this point uh love you guys thank you so much for tuning in Uh, i'm gonna do my shameless plug and i'm gonna get out of here and i'm gonna go uh eat some burgers and watch some anime but yeah uh if you want to support what i'm doing the uh i have a Supercast. it's like patreon if you go to memelordmonday.supercast.com, I have one more position available, one more slot available at the $2 level where you can get uh, weekly content creation coaching from me. Um, you know, I've been creating content on the internet for at least a decade, and I've done stuff with big businesses. I've helped businesses grow and advertise through the content I've created for them. And I've learned a lot about uh, algorithms and social media and how you can use social media to grow your business or your page. Um, I have at least a dozen people that I'm coaching right now. It's really fun. And every week we talk about new stuff. And I hope you enjoy me. Not only would you get the coaching, but you would help support what I do. 10% of all my support goes to other Christian creators. And uh, I'm not quite at the point where I can start doing that, but I want to be able to do that. Yeah, that's uh, that's my shameless plug. I really appreciate you guys tuning in. And yeah. I hope you guys have a really great evening. Love ya. Bye-bye.